I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Thank you for joining me again today, my friend. Before we get into our message, which is how to develop the habit of secret prayer, I would like to pray first. So if you would join me. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the message of prayer that you have entrusted me to teach today. Father, ultimately it is the Holy Spirit who leads, guides, and directs each and every, uh, each and every step that we take. And Father, I'm asking that the Holy Spirit of God would rise up within me and teach us all how to pray. I pray, Father, that you would bring all things to my remembrance, and I pray for those that are listening to this teaching. I pray the eyes of their heart to be open and flooded with light, that they would not only hear the word, but they would receive the word, and that it would be revelation to them in Jesus' name. And I pray for the individual that listens to this teaching. I pray, Father, that you would take them in and take them higher to a new place of intimacy with you as a result of the words that they hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to talk today about how to develop the habit of secret prayer. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I believe the reason why you've tuned into this teaching today is because you are hungry and thirsty for God. And you want to know God deeply, you want to know God intimately, and you've said in your heart, I want to learn how to pray. Well, today I'm going to teach you how to feed your spiritual life, and therefore you're going to be filled, you're going to be fed, and you're going to be filled. We're going to teach you how to pray, exactly how to pray. Now with that in mind, we're going to take our text from Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 33. And with many such parables, he spake the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. Now, the practice of secret prayer is developed through time, practice, and patience, just like any other habit in your life. Now, the established rule that it takes about 21 to 28 days to develop a new habit. Now, however, I've learned some things since I wrote my book. There has been some new uh, research done, and I read a paper that was recently published in the European Journal of Social Psychology. And according to their research, the article said that it took at least 66 days to develop a habit. Now, we're talking about forming the habit of secret prayer. But this kind of habit that we want to develop, habit in general, includes any kind of habit in life. For example, beginning a new exercise program, eating better, or stopping an addiction. It takes about 66 days to develop a new habit of any kind. Aristotle once said, 
We are what we repeatedly do. Isn't that the truth? Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Mike Murdoch once said, habit is a gift. Anything you do twice becomes easier. God uses habit to stabilize your life. Daniel prayed three times a day. David prayed seven times a day. Jesus, as was his custom, went into the synagogue. If I see what you do daily, I can predict your future. So now we just read in the scripture that Jesus, in this text that we took, was teaching the multitudes, and he, the Bible says he taught the multitudes as they were able to hear it. But when he got his disciples alone, the Bible says he expounded or he explained all things to his disciples. This scripture shows me that there's more to God and more to intimacy with God than just going to church every day or once a week. Now, if you're in the Catholic faith, you do probably go to church every day. When I was a little girl, I went to church every day before school. But there's more to knowing God than just going to church. There is what we're going to teach about today, and it is in, it, this kind of intimacy that we want is developed in the place of secret prayer. Notice that the scripture said, and when they were alone, Jesus expounded or explained all things to his disciples. In other words, he opened up his heart to them. In a way, he wasn't able to do it in public gatherings. And that's what we want from Jesus. We want to see him. We want to know him. We want to become deeply and intimately acquainted with him. And the way we receive more of him is in the secret place of prayer. James chapter 4 verse 2 says, Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. You see, my friend, you are as close to God as you want to be. The Bible talks about degrees and levels of glory, and it is unending. There are levels of intimacy with God. It doesn't affect your salvation. Whether you spend time alone with Jesus in the secret prayer or not, doesn't affect your salvation. You'll be saved. You'll have a relationship with God. But there are levels and degrees of intimacy with Him. And what we want to do is we want to go from one degree of glory and we want to go to another degree of glory. And actually, you know, it's unending. You can go as high and as far with God as you desire. It's all up to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, I'm going to read you out of the Amplified, says, And all of us with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word, of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is that spirit. So there are levels of intimacy with Jesus. And notice it says here that we're changed from one degree of glory to another. And I was thinking about the degree. And I was thinking about the degrees in my house. I can keep turning up the heat in my house by changing the thermostat. And the higher I put my thermostat, the, the hotter my home will become. Well, let's talk about that in the light of our spiritual walk. We can keep turning up the temperature. We can keep turning up the degree 
of, 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 of our intimacy with God. And we can keep, keep going higher and deeper, and we could become the kind of person that is consumed with God and completely on fire for God. So we can be changed from one degree of glory to another. John chapter 6, verse 37 says, All whom my Father gives in trust to me will come to me, and the one who comes to me will most certainly, I will most certainly not cast out, and it says here, I will never, no never, reject one of them that comes to me. So when we are developing this habit of prayer, I want you to remember that when you start on this journey and you make a decision, you're going to turn up your degree of intimacy with Jesus. I want you to remember that when you come to God, the Bible says he will in no wise cast you out. He said, he who comes to me, I will meet him. You draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you and I will in no wise cast you out. As a matter of fact, I believe God, what God is saying when we make a decision to seek him, I believe what he's saying is, I am happy you're here. I created you for intimacy. I created you for fellowship. And I have been longing for you to come to me, especially many of you who are heavy laden. God wants to give you rest. And the only way that happens is when you go to him and you seek him. And what happens is, is there's an exchange of God's life being poured in you. And as a result of that exchange, you are being changed and you are being transformed into the same image. So that's what we want to remember. And so as we talk about how to develop the habit of prayer, I want you to remember something. And I'm not going to stop until I'm released that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means you are right with God. When God sees you coming into fellowship and prayer with him, he sees only good in you. And he sees Jesus in you. You see, the Bible says we are complete in him. So we are in Jesus. So when we make that decision that we're going to pray and we're going to seek the face of God, I want to encourage you to maintain the attitude that you are worthy to seek him. You are worthy to pray to him. You can have boldness and you can have confidence in his presence. Hebrews 4.16 says that we can draw boldly, another translation says successfully, to the throne of grace without a sense of fear just boldly. So as we approach this message, I want you to maintain the attitude of, yes, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Yes, I can go boldly to the throne of grace. Yes, there is nothing that I've ever done in my life that will keep me from the presence of God. Okay, so maintain that righteousness consciousness and don't draw back. And if you made a mistake or you sinned or you did something, you know, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, then you go to God, you don't run from him, you run to him, and you say to him, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you forgive me, name whatever it is that you did, confess it before him, and the Bible says that God is faithful and just, and he will forgive your sin, and then what? And then cleanse you or clean you up from all unrighteousness. So as you approach his thr throne in developing this time of prayer with him, if the thought comes to your mind of that thing that you already confessed, 
The Bible says, cast it down. Let it go. That's the accuser of the brethren, a.k.a. the devil, who is bringing that thing up to you. God doesn't remember it, and he doesn't, any, he doesn't want you to remember it. The Bible says that nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate you. You are complete in him, and that means you're drawing boldly to the throne of grace, and there is no separation. So we want to become intimate with him, and we want to go boldly to his throne, and we don't want any distractions. Don't let the enemy distract you. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, I don't know exactly where, but it says out of the Amplified that I am distracted at the noise of the enemy. And I've seen it happen with people. They're wanting to enter into the presence of God, but they've got so many thoughts bombarding their, their mind. Most of the time, it's all condemnation or you know, just guilt, things that would make them feel guilty. And, and instead of just pressing in and telling the devil to get out, they just receive it and they say, well, I just must be a really bad person. No, you're not a bad person. You are a child of the living God. And he loves you with an everlasting love. And what he's desiring from you is to let go of the past and, and forgive yourself and move on and press into him. The Bible says that the path of the righteous, and that's you, right, is like the light of dawn. It grows brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And God has a beautiful future for you. He just wants you to forget those things that are behind, let them go, forgive yourself, and then reach and press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. What does that mean? Just press into God. Press into Jesus. Press into the fullness of your destiny. You see, my friend, God has a plan for your life. And it's plans not to harm you. It's plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. John 10, 10 says, it is the devil, the thief, who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And I want to bless you and I want to prosper you. So I just want to encourage you as you're, as you're developing in your walk with God and you're developing your, your prayer life, I want you to just remember to forget those things that are behind. And if that means even yesterday, forget the yesterdays and press into your future. There's an old saying that's, and I've heard this before, that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Make a decision. I'm going to press into God. I'm going to forget those things that are, are behind. I'm going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to lay aside weights and anything that's keeping me from running my spiritual race, so to speak. And I am going to press into God. You know, the Apostle Paul said his goal in life was that he would know Jesus intimately. That he would become deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Let that be your goal. Let it be your goal to know Jesus intimately, okay? So maintain that righteousness consciousness. Now, in talking about developing the secret life of prayer or your prayer habit, before we get started, I want to give you five practical things. Number one, what I would encourage you to do is to purchase a Bible in a version, a modern version, that you can understand. Okay, and you can get a Bible at any kind of bookstore. You can go to a Christian bookstore or you can go to a, um, any kind of bookstore like a Barnes and Nobles or any kind of bookstore that's available. 
I would encourage you to go to a Christian bookstore only because if you don't know what kind of Bible to get or what kind of translation, the people there generally can direct you. But either way, I would just encourage you to go to a bookstore and get a, a Bible in a version that you can understand. You know, God wants to reveal himself to you. That's what this is all about. God wants to reveal his heart to you. And if you get a translation that you can't understand, well, then that's, that's not going to profit you. The Bible is written so that you would know that you have eternal life. These things are written so that you can know and understand who God is. He doesn't want to be a mystery to you. He wants to reveal himself to you, and he reveals himself to you through the written word. So get a Bible translation you understand. Number two, I would encourage you to get a journal. Okay, I have several journals, and depending on where I was at at that time in my life, you know, I would get a fun journal, I'd get a serious journal, there's all kinds of beautiful journals that you can get. Get a journal, and, and that journal you will use to write things down after you've prayed. You will write even your prayers in the journal, you'll write your thoughts. Just get a journal. Number three, I would encourage you to get some colored pencils and get some pens that you can use so you could mark up your Bible because your your Bible is the Holy Bible but it's not so holy that you can't mark it up so I would encourage you to get some pens and get some colored pencils that you could start underlining in your Bible scriptures that speak to you or scriptures that God may be speaking to you and and and, and it's good to do that when you go to church you can underline what the pastor is teaching Okay, so get yourself some good pencils and some, a, a pen. Actually, don't get something too heavy, otherwise you're going to ruin your Bible. If you get a really heavy kind of a pen and it'll go through, seep through, if you're like me, that'll bother you. And so just get something that you know won't seep through and, and ruin the pages. <laughs> Number four, become familiar with the Bible concordance in a book form, or there are concordances online such as BibleGateway.com. A Bible concordance, and the concordances have every imaginable word and scripture in them. And so as I teach you how to pray, and you begin to hear scriptures rising up in your spirit, you write them in your journal, and then what happens is you can go to the concordance, and you can type that keyword in, and all the scriptures on that word, or with that word in it, will come up. So I would encourage you to check that out. Number five... I would encourage you to purchase some Christian music. And there's a lot of really good Christian music and all different kinds and all the different flavors. And you know, we're all unique. We all have different personalities. And so there's all different kinds. But I would encourage you to get the kind of music that's more worshipful. Because when you're developing this habit of prayer, this time alone with Jesus, it's, it's worship music that's going to help usher you into the presence of God. Now, everybody's different. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but for me, sometimes I just need quiet piano kind of music, but that's my personality. Maybe you need something a little more lively. Find the kind of music that will speak to you and help to get your spiritual motor going, so to speak. Okay, because music creates an atmosphere for the presence of God, and God uses music. So get some good music, okay? Now let's get started. How do you develop a habit of prayer? How do you develop a habit of prayer? Now, the things that I'm going to teach you are basically like a springboard. 
okay? And I'm just going to give you these key elements that I've learned over the years, things that I've been taught through the Bible and things that I've just learned on my own, but it's basically just a springboard for you, for you to find your own unique way to pray, okay? So we're talking about the, you know, we're talking about getting started. And so where do we begin? Number one, decide on a time that works best for you where you will not be interrupted. Now, Margie, that sounds really practical. Well, yeah, how are we going to learn how to pray unless we, you know, make a decision that we've got to figure out some time in our day that we're going to devote to God? And what I'd like to do, see you do, is I'd like to see you put it in your calendar. Because generally, if you write it in your calendar, you're more apt to keep that appointment. In other words, make an appointment with God. We make an appointment with everyone else in our life. How about the most important person in our life? You know, the Bible says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So make an appointment with God and write it in your calendar. Decide on the best time that works for you so you will not be interrupted. Now for me, morning is the best time. And I can give you scripture for that, but it may not be the best time for you. Mark chapter 1 verse 35 says, Now in the morning, having arisen a long while before daylight, he, speaking of Jesus, went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. So for Jesus, his custom was, or his habit was, he got up early in the morning, and sometimes he'd actually pray all night. But generally, the scriptures that I found said that he got up a great while before the day, and that's when he prayed. For me, that works for me. That may not work for you. Look at your schedule and find out what works for you. David says in Psalms chapter 5, verse 1 through 3, he said, early in the morning, I will seek you. I think the reason why we would want to point to the morning hours is because we wake up and our mind is clear. We're not thinking about a lot of things and we don't have as much of a challenge in shutting down our mind. That's why I think that morning is generally the best time. Okay, so decide on a time that works best for you where you will not be interrupted. You got that? Okay, number two. Find a spot in your home that you can call your prayer closet. Matthew 6, 6 says, when you pray, go into your closet, and when you have shut the door, your Father, which sees in secret, will reward you openly. That word closet in the Greek denotes any private room or a secret chamber. So find a spot in your house, okay, and devote that to that place where you are going to use it as your, quote, prayer closet. It could be any place. It could even be a chair, or it could be by a window. It could be a kitchen table. Wherever you feel comfortable, and wherever you say in your head, okay, I'm going to be at this spot at this time, and this is my place of devotion, and I'm going to seek God right here in this spot. It's more or less like a point of contact. Okay, God, when I get to this place, I'm going to meet you here. Okay, so find that spot. For me, when I first started praying, I took that scripture literally. I went into a literal closet, and I shut a literal door behind me, and I would seek the face of God. That's what I did when I was first developing my prayer life, my lifestyle of prayer. And it, for me, it worked. 
And I'll tell you why it worked. It worked because when I would go into that closet, not only was it my dedicated place of prayer, but I would go into that closet and I would shut the door on the world. I would shut the door on the refrigerator. I would shut the door on the noise from my roommate. And in that place of prayer, in that closet, it helped me to become centered and focused. And I needed a dark room, so I would become centered and focused. I'd shut the door and it helped me to focus in on the reason why I was in that closet and that is to seek the face of God. So think about it. I want you just to think about where would be a good spot that you could call your own, okay? And it's your space. You know, when my kids were little, they had what, what they, they called my space, and it was all their space and all their stuff, and that was their whole thing that they created, my space. Find a place that you call my space. That's my space. I've devoted this space for me and God, and that's my private place of prayer. And even for some of you who are, are, you know, are, are on a time frame, I would even take into your prayer time, I'd take in a clock. For me, I'd take in my cell phone. I'd take in pens, papers, your journal. Take everything in because that's your place, your space, where you've devoted it to you and God. Okay? Now, I had a friend one time. She used to travel a lot with the ministry. And she, would, she always had people around her, and she loved God, and she loved to pray. And what she would do is she would, she, would, she would separate herself from all of her friends and she would enter into the bathroom. And she would shut the door, fully clothed, and go into the bathroom and she'd shut the curtain. And that's where she would seek the face of God. Sounds a little whatever, but you know what? Whatever works, works. She wanted to know God intimately. She wanted to develop a prayer habit. She, you know, didn't want to be distracted. And so therefore, she used the bathroom as her prayer closet. Sometimes you just have to change things up if things aren't working. Or if you're in a situation where there's a lot of people around and you're not home, find whatever works for you. I could guarantee you one thing. Any of you that has ever had levels and degrees of intimacy with Jesus, if you don't pray, you will miss your prayer time. And you'll do whatever you can to get into that place of prayer and intimacy with Him. I also would encourage you if you're in college and you have a lot of people around you, and this will work, this is definitely going to work. Get yourself a pair of good headphones, and if you've got a roommate around you, you know what? Put your headphones on and shut your eyes. Put your music on and shut your eyes. Just shut your eyes. And we shut everything out and shut in with God. And let that be your prayer closet. You can shut off the things of this world and you can enter in and focus in on Jesus. And we're going to continue to teach that as we go. If you're a mom, I would encourage you when the kids go and take a nap, I would encourage you to sit at your kitchen table, get out your Bible, get out your journal, and devote that kitchen table to Jesus and you because your strength is kept in prayer. And God knows as mothers, we need all the strength we can get. Okay? Begin with 15 minutes. Begin where you are and just begin with 15 minutes. Prayer goes from sacrifice to joy from a desire to a discipline to delight. So when we pray and we've said, you know what, we're going to devote this 
time to prayer. We're going to vote this place of prayer. Now, what we want to do is, is decide how much time we have the capacity to pray for. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is, if you've never prayed for an hour a day, I certainly wouldn't encourage you to pray for an hour. I would encourage you to begin with 15 minutes and let that be your goal. Let that be your mark. I'm going to pray for 15 minutes. And I think every one of us can devote 15 minutes in the secret place of prayer. So begin where you are and begin with 15 minutes. And like we said, prayer will go from sacrifice to a joy, from a desire to a discipline to a delight. Now, prayer goes from sacrifice, sacrifice. I looked up that word sacrifice and it means the surrender of something. A loss incurred in selling something below its value. <laughs> so prayer goes from sacrifice to joy. So the sacrifice is what? We're losing something that's below its value. And I thought about that. What are we really losing when we spend time with God? We're not losing anything. We're gaining something. We're gaining a, a deeper revelation of his love. We're gaining a deeper insight into the things of the spirit. We're gaining more strength. We're gaining more joy. So we're really not losing out when we pray and it's a sacrifice. No, it's, it's a beautiful sacrifice. We're giving up our time and we're getting something back that's even better. Kenneth E. Hagen once said, and we're going to close with this. He said to, Jesus said to Kenneth E. Hagen one time, he said, if you give up the toys of the senses, I will give you the riches of the spirit. I want the riches of the spirit. I want everything God has for me. And I believe with all of my heart for you, the person I'm talking to right now, I believe with all of my heart that there are heights and depths and degrees of God's heart that he wants to reveal to you. And I believe with all my heart, he is enlarging your capacity for more of him. And through this teaching, we're giving you the tools whereby you can exercise yourself spiritually and come to know and understand everything God has for you. We're going to close. And I want to encourage you to continue in this teaching. We're going to make part two for you. And I would encourage you to, to think about the things that I've, had, I've just said. And then when you get some time, listen to part two. But before we close, I'm going to pray for you. Father, I release into the person's heart that's listening to this recording, I release into them fresh oil. I pray that you would anoint these individuals with fresh oil in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that the things that took me years and years and years to learn, I pray that you would cause them to have a revelation of these things and take them further and higher and deeper than you've ever taken. Thank you, Lord. Just let his presence come upon you right now. Father, take them higher and deeper than you've ever taken me. May they come to know and understand the fullness of your heart in Jesus' name.
Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.